What is up, listeners? Welcome to Fondling Cardboard, a podcast for trading card collectors. I'm your host, Mike Lacusta, aka the Golf Card Collector. I've collected cards for over 25 years, and through my research and reflection, we will unpack lessons to bring to your collecting journey and everyday life. Thank you for joining me in the card sanctuary to fondle some cardboard. Today we have a fresh look at our hobby with the podcast's first ever guest interview. After that, we check out the Card of the Week spotlight, we round through the Collector's Corner, and we fly through my watch list of eBay listings that I have my eye on. And we'll bring it home by circling back with a quote and lessons from today's show. Today we are blessed with the presence of Dalen Willis, a movie actor for the Hallmark Channel, among other notorieties, who just so happens to be my childhood best friend. We used to spend lazy summer days as kids playing Yu-Gi-Oh! on the living room floor or on hotel dining rooms while traveling with our basketball team, usually with some ridiculous movie playing quietly in the background like Shrek or Tropic Thunder. Dalen never caught the trading card bug like I did, but as a collector of comic books, vinyl records, and fancy lighters, he understands the essence of collecting. In our interview, I put Dalen to the test to see if he could figure out the meaning of some of our unique hobby terminology for your entertainment and also to see if there are any insights that we can uncover to communicate more effectively with newcomers to the hobby. So with that, I'll kick it to the interview. So the first one, this is a super easy one. BGS. (laughs) This is a super easy one, he says. Okay, BGS. Man. I, I definitely put you on the hot seat, so... BGS stands for Beckett Grading Service. Beckett Grading Service. Okay, yeah. Okay, so now you know. You know what? I, this was good though, because now I feel like I'm. You've set the plane for for what I need to be looking for here. You ever heard of Beckett? No. So Beckett's a company that's been around for a long time, and it was started by a guy named Doctor Beckett, who basically was the guy who created a magazine that would catalog the prices of common cards or popular cards. Um, so then after his magazine, he started a grading service. So I guess the G grading, what would you, what would you say grading is? I know that, um, you have to take the cards in or you, you can send them in to, to kind of see how, um, how clean or, or, or well preserved the card is. Yeah, that's pretty close. I'm going to flip down to the grading description in this. So what a grading and authentication company like PSA or Beckett does with a card They will evaluate various factors of a card, such as centering, crispness of edges and corners, flawlessness of the surface, etc., and assign a numerical grade of the card, typically on a 1 to 10 scale, with 10 being the best. That's exactly what I said, I think. How much would you guess it costs to grade a card? I guess that might, might depend on the card, but... I would assume it would be between like 10 and 50 bucks. That was actually not a straightforward question. You did great because, because there's so many different grading companies. They all have different pricing structures. They all have different prices. I, I have heard of PSA. I don't know what it stands for. But I've heard that before. PSA is Professional Sports Authenticator. Yeah, so P- PSA is the uh, kind of the market leader BGS used to be the market leader. PSA bumped them down. And then actually during the COVID bubble, Beckett just totally dropped the ball. 
and they still have one of the nicest looking slabs, but going forward, they're actually like number four, what people use these days. Really? So there's a few different authenticating um, companies then. There's there's a handful. Of them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So like PSA is number one. And then right now, actually, SGC, um, they were traditionally known for grading vintage cards. And then number three would be uh, CGC. CGC was predominantly a comic book grader. And then there was this carryover into trading card games like Pokemon and uh, whatever, Yu-Gi-Oh! And obviously when sports cards blew up over the co- p- pandemic, um, they started grading sports cards as well. Um, now, they each of these companies has kind of fumbled the ball in different ways. Um, CGC, for example, created a whole separate company for whatever co- reason. CGS or something like that, something stupid. But then after <laughs> a year or two, they just decided to combine it into CGC. They changed what their label looks like twice in the last couple of years and so people who have collections of these cards don't have consistency so they they're not doing right. a great job but somehow they're still ahead of beckett interesting okay 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 i'm learning i'm learning so you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of pricing if you wanted something from psa for example to turn around right away like within a few days um, they might charge a lot more like 150 dollars per card or something like that but generally speaking it's between 15 dollars up to say 50 for a reasonable submission PSA is the only one of those greeting companies that will actually upcharge you if it turns out the card is more valuable than you claimed. And so if you send them a $2,000 card, they might send you an invoice before they ship the card for $150. Just it's an upcharge for the value of the card. But anyways, we'll wrap up the the greeting chat and we'll get on to another one. So the next one is uh, BIN. And I I said this in one of my recent podcasts, BIN, uh, B-I-N. All acronyms. Okay. B-I-N, bin. Um, is it Beckett again? No. Okay. 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 Oh man. There's not even like a C in like there's, you're, <laughs> you're really, you're really giving me the goat here. To be fair, I, I'll, I'll stop giving you acronyms. That's just not fair. Is, is buy it now. You know what? I should have, I should have, I should have asked for in, in a sentence. If you would have given it me oh, in a sentence. You know what? Let's set the parameters. You know what? I, I like that. I, I, like I, I could have, I, I feel like maybe that would have uh, given me a, uh, a shooter's chance. Okay, Going forward, sense. we're doing spelling bee rules. So mm-hmm. you can ask me for origins. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> to be used in a sentence. All those kinds of things. Great. Okay. So bin or buy it now is um, one of the two main options when selling an item on eBay. The other option would be at auction. And uh, when people say that they smash bin, it means that the price was very attractive and they just bought it outright. But more often than not, when it comes to listed cards, people will will submit offers and then sure. the buyer may send a counter offer. All right. So mm-hmm. we'll move on to something that's not an abbreviation. Uh, the next term is a blaster. A blaster. Is that a... Is that a type of card? Because you've got like cosmics and like different types. I of cards. love your guess, and I love where your mind's at. No, it is not. <laughs> I tried. I shot. I shot my shot. So what you just just described is called a parallel. So in a set of cards, let's just say you have a, a base set of one to a hundred. Now mm. each card could have different variations of that card with different colors in the background, but it's the same image. It's the same border and all right. of that. And so you'd call those different colors parallels. So the cosmic that you were referring to is from 2021 Goodwin Champions. Tiger Woods has a base card 
And then he'll have sort of a shiny version, which Upper Deck calls a rainbow. And then he'll have a red version and a blue version. Now, Cosmic is just another option. It actually has like outer space. Even though there's a million of, of this card with this exact Tiger Woods image, there's only 99 of them that have space in the background. So that's what a parallel is. Now, a, ba a blaster is... So a parallel is kind of like a, like a variant. Yeah, yeah. And the reason yeah. we don't use the word variant is because variant is is also a word that's used. And so, like, an, for example, an image variation would be the same Tiger Woods card ex with the same border and everything and the same numbering. But um, the, the manufacturer decided to put a slightly different image on that card and it would be a, a short printed card. I mean, I collect comic books. And so it's that that's I have different variants of different comic books. So that makes oh, sense. Oh, OK, cool, cool, cool. So uh, Blaster. <laughs> Did we I don't think we answered this one yet. You, you remember the rules spelling world. You can ask me to use it in a sentence or origins or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Can you use it in a sentence? Okay. Um, Mike went to Walmart <laughs> to look for blasters. Okay. Um, are they singles? No, because Walmart wouldn't um, have it. See, a blaster's got to be like a like a jumble box. You ding, know, it's ding, gotta, ding, it's, ding, ding. it's gotta be a jumble Good box, job, right? Oh, so it's, it's close. It. Now jumbo is like, is also a type of box. So it, they're not exactly the same. I, I should have been calling it a blaster box, but if I use the full word, it would kind of give it away. But a blaster is, is a box that you can only get in a retail store. It doesn't guarantee any hits. Um, it'll most often have some kind of exclusive parallel. So you can get like an aqua color card out of a blaster box that you can't get out of a proper hobby box that you buy at a local card store. Um, but on the flip side, you're not likely to get an autograph or a one of one card or those sure. sorts of things. Possible, but unlikely. Interesting. Exactly. Okay. We'll move on. Um, bubble mailer. Do you know what that Bubble is? Bubble mailer. It's like a newsletter that is sent out to just an elite group of collectors. That's that's <laughs> what the that's what the bubble mailer oh is. God, if, you, if you if you get an email and you're part of the bubble mailer, it, it's like getting a blue check on Instagram. Oh god. I wish that would that's what it was. That is so funny. It's um it's literally just like an envelope with bubble on the inside that protects the card when you ship it. But that, what you just described is perfect. I want to be part of a bubble, bubble mailer list. Invite only, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's amazing. But a friend of mine, um, Paul Hickey, he runs the sports card strategy show and uh, you know, offseason.com was sending out like picks and, you know, premium content. So I'm sure he's got some ma bubble mailer lists. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're already, we're already, we're already quoting the term. I love it. All right, we'll move on. Um, we're still on bees. There's a long way to go, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. The next one is carpools. 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 Can you use that in a sentence? Okay. Um, I am tired of all the carpool posts in the Facebook group. Carpool. You know what? A carpool is when people 
show off their their new packs and then there's nothing exciting in it you know they just they're like oh here's my blind reveal and then it's just they're all duds it's the opposite it's usually if they do get a hit but the reason that they're they're annoying and, and by the way they're also known as parking lot pulls and word for word it says this is when someone purchases packs oh because purchases. because you're because you're pulling them right in the car yeah exactly interesting okay okay this is when someone purchases packs or boxes, often from retail, and can't wait to get home before ripping them open. If someone gets a hit, they often take a picture of the hit from inside their car and post it to social media. And I'll add, usually it in the background, it's like balanced on their knee with a nasty floor of their car showing and their yeah. work boots. And it's, yeah, yeah. car poles yeah. are not nice. It's it's a, it's a great a great place for the comment section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna flip through by a few a few notables that were passing our card doctor, card saver, cello pack. We're we're gonna skip over those. COA. That's another abbreviation that stands for certificate of authenticity. Um okay, COMC. C-O-M-C. I know this is an abbreviation, but we're gonna go back onto the the hard train. All right. Can you give me an origin of COMC? Hmm. Okay. I'll use, uh, origin, not in a sentence. Yeah, you can give me a sentence. A sentence? Okay. Uh, I I bought some cards on COMC. It has to be a type of marketplace, like, but like a COMC. Is it like a? Is it like the? Is it like the <clears throat> the online version of Comic Con, but for cards? It's Ooh. it's 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 just it, everybody knows about Comc. Everyone's always scrolling through Comc. It's like Amazon for cards, you know. I love that you you basically got it right. And I I by the way, uh, the Comic Con or whatever for cards, um, I love that. Totally wrong, but I love that. I love that. <laughs> Yes, people are flipping through ComC looking for cards. So it's a, it's an abbreviation. I, I probably shouldn't throw any more abbreviations out there because it just it, it it's impossible. The ComC stands for uh, check out my cards. Okay, we're we're gonna stick to proper words. And the next one is, <laughs> I I hope I don't embarrass you if you don't know this one, because it's not sports <laughs> card specific. All right. Here we go. Consignment. <clears throat> Consignment. That's when you've like um. Like you know, when you when you bought something um, that's like resold. No, is that wrong? I mean, like I, I was in a consignment store the other day, but I have no idea what I was looking. It was a lot oh. of random things. That that's a good okay. That's a good relation, I guess, because consignment stores may or may not actually practice true consignment. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of them do. So ba consignment basically means that you're giving somebody um giving somebody your item and they will try to sell it for you so i am oh, going to consign my cards means i'm going to send them to somebody with a bigger audience so to, uh, to, typically you would send it to a large company that has thousands and thousands of followers on ebay and that kind of thing and then if you have a bunch of cards you want to sell all at once you can ship it all at once to somebody who will do all the sorting do all of the individual shipping but of course they take a percentage of the sale as a consignment fee. Um, but yeah, this is common in like artwork or cars or those sorts of things. Middleman seller. Yes, sir. 
All right. Next, the next word is cut signature. Cut signature. So they've taken, they've taken a piece of said signature and placed it on the card. Elaborate. Well, he had signed um, a document, and then the person cut that out, sold it to uh you know upper deck and 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 there you go they put it in a card basically yeah yeah you got it all right you you obviously listen to the podcast because i think i talked about one of those in in episode two (laughs) all right the moment that he started talking about consignment that's when it became personal (laughs) all right next one ebay one of one um that's when buying a card and there's i mean obviously it's like it's like records because i i mean i collect records so when i when i look at the the resale value of a record the biggest one of the biggest things is like how many copies do they have of this record and so if you have a one of one card i'm assuming there's only one version of that card available so you're you're sort of right except Actually, no, you're not right. So you're basically saying if, it, <laughs> if it's like, you're basically saying if it's the only one of that kind on eBay, then they're saying there may be more in the world, but this is the only one on eBay. And that's that's not the case. eBay one of one is a ridiculous term used by sellers to try and bring more eyes onto their, their listing. And it could be a wide variety of things. For example, if it has a serial number on the card, that is number one out of 99, not two out of 99 or 73 out of 99, but one out of 99, they might say, oh, this one's special because it's the number one. And so they'll call it eBay one of one. Um, or Oh, so like it's like it's a one of one asterisk. Yes, it's not even a one of one. It, it's, it's not even a one of one. It's, it's it. like it could be. They're cheating. Be, they're lying. It's they're a lie. really lying. They, they, and in some cases, maybe it's a reasonable thing, but no, it's kind of a joke among collectors. In some cases, like a meme about that selling tactic. Um, moving on, event worn. Oh, that's when it's the same as the the signature, but this is when you have a specific piece of um, cloth and/or clothing that is now inserted on the card. Mm. that's a point i'm telling you that's a point so sort of you're referring to a patch card or a memorabilia or a relic and right so those are kind of the terms for what you just described and an event worn describes a patch because there's several types of patches. I don't know if this comes up. Okay, so I am right. I'm still right. I'm just not as specific as you want me to be. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, so there's three like types of relic that you could get on a card. Well, actually, there's a lot more than three types of relic because you can get like diamond relic cards, ruby relics, and whatever um, bat relics. You can get cleats from a soccer player's shoes. There's all kinds of stuff you can get. But <clears throat> when it comes to like jersey relics, there's three types of patches you can get. There's game used. So they'll take a jersey off of Michael Jordan's back, cut it into little p- patches, and put those in the card. The second type is called event worn, which is 
what we just talked about where he didn't necessarily wear it in a game. He just literally showed up to some promotional event, sat at a, at a folding table and put on a jersey and took it off. And he theoretically wore it at an event. Um, so those are less desirable, obviously. The third type is completely unrelated to the player. So it could be a patch that literally was bought off of the Fanatics website and the manufacturer just cut it into pieces and put it in cards. And so that's like the least desirable. Um, and unfortunately, that's the way that manufacturers are trending these days is to to take uh, less and less materials that are related to the players. It's probably cheaper. So interesting. So what I was describing is a relic and that is a specific kind of relic. Exactly. Got it. Interesting. Okay, cool. Well, that was a lot of fun to chat with Dalen. My biggest takeaway is that acronyms are never as straightforward as they seem to me, who's immersed in a niche, and that tribal knowledge should be explained clearly or else an inexperienced listener won't understand a damn thing you're talking about. It's best to speak with plain English for universal appeal, which is going to be important to grow our hobby. So if we talk down to somebody with complex niche jargon, it might discourage them from participating in the hobby. And when I think about life outside of cards, let's just say you joined a new company, you start an office job for the first time. I remember being in that position a few times in my life. And where people were throwing around acronyms and industry slang that made conversation hard to follow along, does it really save time and energy uh, in an email, for example, to type PFA rather than please find attached? Even the best and brightest minds can't always decipher much of it without a merciful coworker who takes the time to explain it to you as if you're a five-year-old. Now, I know it's not the most hobby-related lesson, but I think it's important if we're going to be growing the hobby with new people, young people, everybody has to start from somewhere. I'm sure Dalen uh, will be coming on the podcast more times to share stories from our basketball days, uh, that relate to trading cards, as well as our epic battles of Yu-Gi-Oh! So let me know if you enjoyed this conversation. And now it's time for Card of the Week Spotlight. So we'll start with shoutouts for those who got the question right on the different Facebook groups. In the Golf Cards and Memorabilia group, Raymond Fuller responded correctly that my Justin Thomas rookie auto card is graded a SGC 9.5 10 auto, as we covered in last week's Ryder Cup episode. Uh... Brad Morris also guessed correctly in the Golf and Tennis Cards Collector group, and Donald Schaefer got it right in the Card Talk group. Make sure you follow me on social media to catch future shoutouts or a chance to share your own lessons and quotes on the show. That's Fondling Cardboard on Instagram and the Golf Cards and Memorabilia group on Facebook. So this week's Card of the Week Spotlight is a 2015 Beckett National Sports Con- Collectors Convention uh, and it's actually a dual card. It's a promo card by Beckett with K. Bryant on one side and Jordan Spieth on the other side. Now, don't get too excited. K. Bryant is not Kobe Bryant. It's a baseball player named Chris Bryant. Fortunately, uh, this is slabbed in a PSA holder and the Chris Bryant is put on the back side so for me as the golf card collector I get to look at Jordan Spieth on the front 
And looking at the date, I originally thought this was a 2016 card, but being 2015, this might actually um, predate most of Jordan's other cards. So uh, whether or not this is considered a rookie, I actually don't know. I, I believe that his Sports Illustrated for Kids would be his rookie, and I think that's also 2015. But this is the card of the week for several reasons. First and foremost, uh, Jordan is holding a big trophy on the on the picture of the card. Um, and it says Jordan Rules Golf's newest star has just one card. So, oh, there you go. I guess that does mean maybe this is his rookie card. Um, oh, no, you know what? Okay, now I get it. So this image is actually the front cover of a magazine. It's kind of like the Basketball Slam magazine cards that you can get out of NBA hoops every year. And so this is the Beckett magazine shrunk down onto a trading card size because the uh, Sports Illustrated for Kids card of Jordan Spieth is kind of shown in the top right corner of this card. It's like a cardception, card within a card. And um, so that's one of the reasons I really like this card is that um, I actually collected all of the Slam magazine cards for basketball for 2021, I believe. I am yet to... Uh, to also build the, the subsequent year, but um, it's one of my favorite favorite stylings of a of a sort of low end card. So, anyways, Jordan's holding up this big trophy. I assume that looks like what's the one they get at the Open? Um, yeah, it, it looks like the British Open Cup, and um, looks like they made 2015 of this card um, because this particular one. Looks like it has a serial number. It says 479 out of 2015. So I actually used to own another copy of this. Maybe I'll flip through my pictures to see if that one also had a different serial number. Then that's what that would be. Um, so right now, Jordan's holding up a big trophy. And with the Ryder Cup going on, uh, this is giving a little bit of good vibes to Team USA. Because I think, I think you'll need it. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm Canadian. So I'm kind of indifferent about who's going to win between the Americans and the Europeans. Um, I'm actually recording this uh, in the wee hours of the night, Thursday evening, and the Ryder Cup has already started because it is Friday morning out in Rome, Italy. And just taking a quick peek at the score, all four of the matches, um, the Europeans are up. So uh, not a good sign for the Americans. Um to start off the Ryder Cup, but with the card of the day being Jordan Spieth holding a big trophy, maybe that'll send you out some good vibes. And there's actually one other interesting thing about this card, because it is slapped by PSA, but it is the old PSA label. And so this has a different look to it. Some collectors don't like older labels from PSA, um, and when I first received it, I didn't either, but since I've been holding it, it's actually really grown on me. It's, it's a little more simple. The hologram doesn't get in your face as much. Um, the PSA name is actually written on the red, unlike the new labels. So I'm going to throw up a picture on my socials um, showing this Jordan Spieth card with the old PSA label, and I'll put it side by side with one of my Matthew Wolf uh, new PSA cards. How's that? So people can kind of see the difference between the labels. And that brings us to Collector's, Collector's Corner. Corner. So I do actually have some interesting pickups to talk about this week. On eBay, there was some pretty cool auctions I had my eye on. One of them was a Jack Nicholas Diamond Relics card, and I already own this in a PSA 9, 
but um, this is the type of card that I'm going to pick up any day of the week, and in fact, I am trying to finish off a second set of the Diamond Relics. I already own one complete set, and of course, Jack Nicholas is going to be a key piece of that, so um, I ended up winning this auction at uh, about half of what I had put my maximum bid price. So it's it's amazing when you win something at a price that um, that you think is is a steal, and and that's actually kind of becoming my new criteria for picking up sports cards because there's so many times where you might buy a card um, for right around what you think it is worth, and at the end of the day, um, I find I'm not as fulfilled. Um, holding that card because um, it doesn't have anything to do with the money it kind of has to do with psychology so for instance if I'm willing to pay x amount for Jack Nicholas and I end up getting it for half x that means that that card is so much more important to me than anybody else who's seen that auction and that's just that's the right kind of card to be picking up now on the flip side there was a Steve Nash x fractor uh, I think this was a 2007 tops chrome uh, and this is a black numbered out of 50 um, graded psa 10 and this one i lost by a margin of 30 dollars which considering this type of card is not very much money in the grand scheme of things and at first i thought oh, why didn't i just make my bid 30 dollars higher and i'd be the proud owner of this card um, and i had a little bit of fomo like i missed out and, and i did miss out but at the end of the day if, even if I had put a $30 higher bid, who knows if I would have won it because the guy that did win it obviously had a bid that was higher. Um, but going back to what I just said about Jack Nicholas, um, if there's somebody else who's willing to pay more than me, uh, they may pay, they might be willing to pay double what I'm willing to pay. And, you know, that's probably the person to own that card. Um, I would love to have this card for a lower price, but it just takes up too much of the equity of, of my collection. Um, if I were to pay a lot more. Um, and so when you when you miss out on a card that you do really like, um, you get, I, I, at least I do, I get into a bit of a mood. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, sad per se, but it's this sort of FOMO type mood that makes you uh, look at, at what else is out there. And you can sometimes trick yourself into buying another card. Um, and rarely does that ever really make you feel better in the long run. Um, but for me in this case, um, I did actually have another Steve Nash card on my watch list. And what I decided is, um, this was a lower end Steve Nash card. And I thought, Hey, if I could win this card, this 2006, 2007, uh, Bowman elevation gold numbered out of 99, if I could win this card, um, at, you know, a reasonable price, like $20 or less, knowing this is nowhere near the value of that X fractor, um, you know, it'll fill that hole that I have of not winning the big card. Um, and if I make, you know, poor judgment on spending a little bit too much money, at least I'm only spending $20 as opposed to uh, the Steve Nash X-Fractor sold for uh, $220, I believe. And so um, that's kind of my trick these days. When you have a hole to fill after a missed auction, go for a small purchase so that you don't make a big mistake. We're going to close off this episode with a quote of the day. In fact, I actually have two quotes today, which is special. But before I get there, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave a rating, review, and follow on your podcast player. Uh, it would give my show a bump of exposure to other listeners. 
Uh, also, you can connect with me on Instagram at Fondling Cardboard and my personal Instagram, Golf Card Collector with underscores in between, my Facebook group, Golf Cards and Memorabilia. All right, let's get into this. You must learn to talk clearly. The jargon of scientific terminology which rolls off your tongues is mental garbage. By Martin H. Fisher. Now, I, I don't know who Martin Fisher is, but when I hear that quote, I just think of someone who is obnoxious and thinks they know everything about a subject matter. And it sort of reminds me of you know, some negativity that there is in the hobby. Like on Facebook groups, people will laugh at uh, newcomers' posts if they don't know something about something. So I just encourage you to, to, to be open to newcomers because they are the future of our hobby. All right, and I promised you an extra quote today. Here it goes. I don't deal in terminology. I deal with expressions, colors, shapes, tones, characteristics. By Savion Glover. Now, again, I don't know who this Glover person is, but when I saw this quote, it really spoke to me about trading cards because, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what PSA is or who Dr. Beckett was. What matters to me is the am I gravitated to the colors and the shapes of the cards, the tones, the reflections, the characteristics, the shine for a vintage card? Does it have character? Has it been used and soiled and pinned up on a wall? Uh, These are the kind of things that draw me to a trading card.